Race matters. 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 I'd like to acknowledge that we are broadcasting on unceded Gadigal land. This land has been in the hands of generations of Gadigal custodians for thousands of years before us, and it will continue to be in their hands long after us. It's a meeting place for sharing knowledge, stories and song, and we are privileged to be part of that storytelling today and every day at FBI Radio. I pay my respects to Gadigal elders past and present, We're broadcasting from Redfern right now, the birthplace of black theatre in this country and a site for resistance and resilience for First Nations peoples. Before colonisation, Aboriginal people had mastered the caesarean and post-colonisation, Aboriginal people's life expectancies is nearly 10 years less than the average Australian demonstrating that the hugest comorbidity is racism and we take great inspiration from the fights led by Aboriginal people to demand medical services for community. Even recently, just last year, across the road in Redfern, we bared witness to the resistance of the workers at the National Centre for Indigenous Excellence. Workers of the Institute, alongside with community support, fought back against sackings and a proposed closure to ensure a strong future and access to health facilities for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and the broader community here in Redfern. You're listening to Race Matters. This is a show that explores the values and complexities of race, culture and identity. Hi, I'm Tuba Anwar. I'm a socialist and I help out here on the team at Race Matters. Across the month of December, Race Matters will be hosting a summer retreat, a series of conversations and mixes exploring modes of healing that are rooted in different cultures, ways of being, and speak to the nuance and expansiveness of our communities. With that, on today's show, I'm going to be exploring the links between spirituality and health. Joining us in the studio today is Salma Yassin, a medical herbalist and teacher. Welcome, Salma. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Tubes, for having me. I'm so pleased to be here. I wanted to do a brief intro by... Um, letting our listeners know today that Salma was actually my herbal teacher and was running this course and really, really inspired me to look into my own connection to ancestral practices and knowledges. Today we take that into our conversation going forward. I wanted to begin by doing a sort of a time warp, taking us back to the pandemic to remind us of what happened when we were faced with a global health crisis. I personally was um, charged with a violation of public health order for protesting cuts to a medical science facilities at Sydney Uni. Wow. These medical cuts um, and these redundancies were particularly deep in pathology, the discipline that investigates diseases and viruses, and so much so the redundancies would mean that they would be reapplying for only 45% of those positions being available. These huge cuts, you know, in the middle of a pandemic really demonstrate 
what our um, what the priorities of this current healthcare system is. Talking about what access to healthcare, I wanted to caveat it by saying that we see healthcare that is impacted by the constraints of this system, systems which are impacted by racism and sexism, and we see how that affects our communities. Mm. During the pandemic lockdown, even though the Muslim community and community in Southwest Sydney was facing such a severe lockdown, there was still a constant sense of community and mm. resistance, and there was ability of working class people there to re- redistribute knowledge and labours of care to solve and you know fill the problems they were facing. I think even though given the strains of the circumstances and the severe pressure that was created it also allowed for cracks to be formed to allow people to be in the unique position to be able to offer their intimate knowledges of ancestral health care and also practices that were systemically Mm. dismissed so during my class I think something that really really moved me was a Selma talking about the experiences of starting up and connecting with community during this COVID lockdown time Mm. Selma would you like to share some of your journey through that time I'd like to backtrack a little bit uh, to your introduction about the traditional custodians of this land and the importance of the statement that you have raised. They do have the highest rate of comorbidities um, and illnesses that are untreated and untaken care of with regards to diabetes, heart disease. They are highly represented in these illnesses. And yes, healthcare is systemically racist and sexist. If you look at the Aboriginal community, that is the foundation of our healthcare system. If this is the plight of our Aboriginal community, how can we as Australian migrants expect anything different? And we will not have progress within our own communities until our communities themselves look to what is happening within the Aboriginal community and start supporting and standing up for the Aboriginal rights. So coming off that, yes. I have to agree with you that our medical system is inherently sexist and racist. When I was doing my original studies at Sydney University with um, medical science, the female body was never really discovered or explored. And we see the repercussions of this in our medical system today. I think maybe because of this fact alone, uh, women feel very, very misunderstood and their needs within the medical system are very, very much left behind. Now, why I consider this relevant is is because healing within a community and healing within a family always starts with the women. And if a system is consistently telling women that, no, you don't know what you're talking about, no, you're wrong, then they lose confidence in stepping up and actually finding their origins, finding their traditional medicine. Uh, So if you couple the systemic um, dismissal of uh, female traditional medicine, then it's very, very easy to see that the traditional healing of the vast range of cultures that have entered Australia are being dismissed and forgotten. If you couple that with uh, fear, 
and just fear and anger really, uh, then there will be very, very little consideration of self-empowerment and self-healing and uh, a big drive to conformity. To me, that's the background to COVID. Where it ended up falling in my lap, lap tubes was not as uh, amazing and as dramatic as yourself. <laughs> I'm so proud of what you've done. Uh, coming from a background in pathology, what you had done and stood up for is completely important. There was a lot of people that lost their livelihoods because they had to stand up for what they believed in. So thank you for supporting those people. Uh, but where I was, was working with the community and dealing with the backlash of how people can conform in order to put food on the table and a roof over their family's heads and yet still feel confident that they will have um, no health side effects or repercussions for their decision in having to support their families. We did a lot of research. I uh, grouped together with some other practitioners and we did a lot of research into traditional medicines and what we could use now and today that would be practical and support people through the phase of COVID. I think that's really important to share that in the face of all the repression, there was also this real effort by people from the community such as yourself to pull together resources and knowledge like that. You talk about community and collective empowerment. I think it would be really amazing to hear about any other um, cases or instances where you have felt that you've seen someone's journey in that empowerment of being connected back to a sense of community care and a sense of health care that's rooted in their in their cultural knowledge. I love to work with uh, a group of practitioners. Uh, you can't really be on your own and say that you're helping the community unless you have a group of people with you that uh, can support you and you can bounce ideas off and, and, you know, seek guidance and help from. You can't really ever say that you know everything. We're all still learning. So uh, just... Uh, over the weekend, actually, I, I was talking to a counsellor that we uh, are in constant discussion and referral with, and we were discussing uh, a mental health patient. And really, Tubes, that was actually the conclusion of our conversation, the question that you asked me. That's why I was a little bit hmm, taken back by it. Uh, Look, there's no, it's no secret postnatal depression is a massive issue within our community right now. And so we were working with this lady together and uh, I also introduced this lady to a wider community and a wider group. And we, we made the comment, sometimes these therapies can work and regardless of whether or not they do work, a wider community and support is what is healing. She healed not because, I cannot say, I love my herbs and I know they're amazing, but in this case in particular, she healed not because of my herbs or the herbs or because of the other practitioners counselling. She healed purely because of community interaction and support. She felt she was loved. She felt she had a sense of belonging and really we're humans. This is what we all need. 
we can't be alone and in isolation all the time. Uh, we we need to have love and warmth and give and care for others and receive that from others as well. I want to explore that further about this idea that, um, yeah, this holistic healing that sees that people don't necessarily need just herbs or the counselling treatment, but you need this whole effort from a community and that also comes from being in touch with your your culture and you know your race and your identity I was wondering if you could maybe speak to more of that um, idea that how important it is that cultivating that cultural safety and cultivating that cultural knowledge for communities to feel empowered and not feel like their knowledge is dismissed Mm. or um, beyond or, or below the current Um, confines of our medical system. Yes, I'd love to actually discuss that further because that is very much the foundation of the herbistry. Uh, It is uh, seeking healing through the traditional medicines and uh, through the traditional guidance of very ancient practitioners. Now, uh, I will go, I will throw back to our earlier comments about the Aboriginal community because it's very well known about their healing and being on country and needing to be uh, around their specific herbs and plants that are on their country. They vibrate and they resonate on the same level. When you are from a certain region, you vibrate to that land and that land then responds to you. When you tend to your garden, that's your land and the the garden then starts to sprout what we could call weeds, what I call herbs, uh, that resonate exactly to you. So the care and the, the tending to your garden and the attention and the love that you give it, your garden then responds and it gives you remedies and things that you need that will heal you. Uh, and I've had this discussion with many people. So if this is just our simple garden that's around us, that is responding to us and giving us medicine that we need to heal without us even asking, just standing there and resonating in a certain way, then consider what the land in which we, our blood is from and what that land has provided and offers us. Now also consider that we are really in a phase where we are not as spiritually in tuned or connected within ourselves. And we are, you know, very busy with the world around us. But if you consider that in the, the ancient times, it wasn't that long ago, but we'll call them the ancient times, They were very, very in tune with their spirituality, very in tune with their hearts, very in tune with the world around them. And they were able to, from being connected with their environment and uh, connected within themselves, be able to decipher and decide and understand the flora around them and how that flora actually helps and heals them. We do have the knowledge written and that's 
what that cultural um, connection is. And that's where that empowerment and that confidence is important to look at the traditions of your culture and of your people and see what they did and what they used as remedies because that should be our first point of call. Pharmacy and that should be our first point of call. Our elders that went through the remedies and have tried and experienced and lived lived them, they are our first point of call. When I first started doing Selma's classes, when I first started attending, it was actually sent to me the course by my mum because I had just bought um, half a kilo of ashwagandha of nature's boss. <laughs> <laughs> and I kept doing these orders and I guess my mother was also like, do you even know what you're doing? And um, something that was really important was me becoming also closer to my um, spirituality and my faith and grounding myself and seeing myself as a whole person. So when I started to go into the, attend the class and learn what is a herb, but also learn about its whole history and the whole entire um, social relations that existed with my ancestors and broader like historical connection to it within even my mother's family I started to feel like this whole reclamation and I started to also see myself as not just that these ailments or this these when I was sick or when I was unwell what was really important about Salma's class I think was seeing how you would connect the knowledge of Yunani and Ayurvedic and Chinese medicine and you would map that out within you know, a more contemporary scientific base of saying these are how these chakras or how these meridians align with your endocrine system. Mm. And I think it just completely demystifies this whole push of the the knowledge that our people have or the knowledge that my parents grew up with is somehow backwards or below. It is mm. simply a lens in which to make sense of how we heal. Yeah. And if anything has proven very, very powerful and it's been very, very empowering for myself. Um, and I think now like it's it's shared as well with like my mother and I, we will share okay. our we will share our herbs. We have a bit of an issue not only with uh, uh, not acknowledging our own, uh, healing, we have a, a issue with acknowledging other healing and other cultures and what they have experienced and their understanding. Holistic healing is always uh, categorized as mind, body and spirit. However, there is another element that is consistently overlooked and it's the heart. So when I consider a holistic uh, healing, when I consider holistic healing, I consider it as mind, body, spirit and heart. And the heart is really from the community and from the love and the connections and the aligning 
with the universe and the oneness. And so we, we can't overlook that. And I, uh, and I think that that's where a lot of the holistic healing is, um, is selling itself short. I think up until I started to go into a more a deep dive into history and culture of, and spirituality of understanding my health, um, just like many other people, I have felt like incredibly disillusioned with a lot of the new wellness products that are available that often try to, um, you know, talk about meditation as this very like, as this practice that is completely divorced from community and from cultural context. And I find that deeply alienating when there's practices about simply like have have a mantra or it's just this um I think capitalist hellscape personally for me when mm. there's just this you can you can purchase this and you can buy into this some courses that are around that are very much just about you know almost gaslighting yeah. yourself to deal with society society as mm. it is rather mm. than seeing what can what connections and what new relations can we bring in to challenge the way we live in a society that makes us so sick mm. all the time so i think in terms of in terms of that that connecting that the heart is the community yes. and that the impact <coughs> that um our yeah our, our complete sense of being is so deeply connected to like health not being this individualized Thing that we can buy packages for but rather health as being this collective indicator of how we're all doing and seeing that yeah absolutely i completely agree with you 100 percent. and i think the description that you have given about the the health that's packaged is i believe the outcome of the dismissal of the heart If you've just tuned in, you're listening to Race Matters. My name is Tubes. I'm in the studio today with Salma Yassin, a herbalist. Um, we're just wrapping up our conversation today. Um, but before we let our listeners go, we just wanted to ask Salma to share an offering. I believe Salma's offering that really has helped me is this principle of one remedy a day um, that I learned through class. Salma, would you like to speak to that? Yeah, thank you. Uh, the easiest one that I can offer you all is honey. Honey, uh, just a teaspoon of honey in a glass of warm water as soon as you wake up and you will feel like you have just drank a cup of light. It is a tremendous healing tool and it's something that we can all easily access. So that's my offering. And also have a consideration to, you know, a remedy or two that your parents or your ancestors or your grandparents used to use and have a look into it and see um, if it could be suited to you. Thank you so much, Salma, for joining us in conversation today and sharing 
all these knowledges and learnings about what it means, I think, to be accessing healthcare in a way to challenge the alienation that's shoved down our throats and also reach out to community and connect and feel empowered in that way. Thank you so much for having me. It was absolutely amazing. Thank you. Thanks, Tubes. Race matters. 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 Race matters.